Welcome to This Is Only a Test, episode 19, recorded July 15th, 2010. I'm Will Smith. Uh, with me today, I'm, we're missing Norm Chan. Uh, he's out sick, actually sitting in the other room, working his ass off. We're going to tell people he's sick. Uh, replacing him. Well, not replacing him because Norm is, frankly, irreplaceable. But but with me today is my dear friend, Gary Witta. How are you doing, Gary? I'm I'm well. How are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great. I, I'm, I appreciate you taking a little bit of time off of your busy, busy schedule to come down here and talk tech with, with me in, in this glorious, incredibly white room here in the basement of the new Whiskey Media headquarters in it San Francisco. Do, it does feel a little bit like a padded cell. I like to think of it as a uh, as a as a unused THX 1138 set. That's that's kind of what I wish I wish that our listeners could could see what what I see because it definitely has that vibe. It's it's a it's blindingly white in here at at best. I mean that's the nicest thing you can say about it. So it is incredibly bright in here. It is very stark. Yeah, there's the there's also no ventilation whatsoever. It's Spartan. Yes. It's, yeah. It's it, it incentivizes us to podcast quickly before it turns into kind of a greenhouse slash sweat box. Yeah, I feel like down in this dingy little room with a video camera. I'm like, all you need now is like a guy with a with an, an axe. You think it's like a saw yeah. kind of a bad saw? Yeah, knockoff? or like a or like a kind of hostage execution video or something equally well, awful you know i didn't tell you but after the podcast is over we're gonna be making human millipedes in the back of the bar <laughs> be here all I week lo- i look forward to that um so what have you been up to gary have you been uh, testing anything testing anything cool or are you just uh, banging away at the keyboard i don't know if you guys know gary's been on before but gary is a, a former editor he, he's a great guy former editor-in-chief of pc gamer Former host or host, I guess, of the uh, Game Theory podcast, one of my favorite podcasts of all time. I'm so, I was sorry to see it go. I miss you and Colin talking about that stuff. It I was know. A good you, show. you know, actually, he and I have been talking about how how much we both miss it. Maybe if we can ever get our schedules to work again, there could be some form of resurrection. But you think uh, you're going to bring it back? I, I I would love to. I don't know he would too. It's just you know we just we we got to a point where the. The schedules just just made it impossible, and I don't think that much has changed. Well, he has like but, thirty-seven kids too, right? Yeah, he's a, he's a very busy guy. He's yeah. got a new company that he's. I mean, he's he's got a lot a lot of important stuff. A lot to of do. stuff on his plate. So but it was a good show. It, we we enjoyed it. You know, we tried to kind of raise the level of uh, debate about you know what was going on in the video game world, yeah. and I think you know we we had a few people that were very very ardent fans. Well, so. great great guests. You know, we uh, had some good guests. Uh, I, I was on once or twice, as I recall. Yeah, we had yeah. and we had we had some some good good discussion about you know the the business and the theory of exactly of video games. It was exactly. it was fun to talk about. It was it. a good show. Yeah, good we show. enjoyed it. Thank you. Anyway, uh, as as is this. Well, thank you. Let's, well, not, let's not do down. We're, we're finding our legs. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're this is the the very beginning of this is only a test. So, um, it, it, so I've been this week. It's I've I've had a busy week. I I. Uh, well, I haven't had that busy a week, but I set up the TF2 server for, uh, for uh, well, for Tested and Giant Bomb this weekend. I tried something crazy. I put it on Amazon's cloud hosting service. Okay, how did that work? Not very well. It was really expensive very quickly because I chose, you know, I don't know, you've probably never done the cloud hosting thing before, but basically the way it works is instead of, you know, normally you, you, 
you do a um normally when you set up a server like a whether whether it's a game server web server whatever you can either do like a shared slice of a server right for a very low amount of money like ten dollars a month at dreamhost or something like that or you can go out and spend three or four hundred dollars a month and provide your own server and take it down to a place called a co-location host and they'll just like jam it into a room someplace plug it into ethernet and then it's your problem right but that's expensive that's like two or three hundred dollars a month plus bandwidth and a bunch of other stuff what amazon does with their ec2 thing is they have this massive virtual cloud of virtual machines that run on there's like a layer of virtualization and then you like like vmware parallels or something like that you can run a server in a virtual machine for a, a fraction of the cost, like 10 cents an hour in some cases. I unfortunately chose the wrong level. There's different levels of virtual machine. There's like a really cheap one that has like two gigs of memory and 160 gigs of storage and four, CPU, four virtual CPUs. And then there's expensive ones that have like 32 virtual CPUs and like 12 gigs of memory and, and terabytes of storage. I accidentally chose one of those. So instead of it costing like a cent or nine cents an hour, it costs like 45 cents or a buck an hour. 24-7. 24-7. And it added up pretty quick. I can imagine. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a tactical error on my part. Problem's been rectified. We have the server running on a, on a different kind of host now. Everything's ready to go. So now there, this brings me to the, 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 the exciting tested news this week, is there is an official tested slash giant bomb TF2 server for anybody out there who plays TF2. I mean, we've played TF2. You're, yeah, you're a absolutely. Guy. I'm a huge TF2 fan. I I, I had to um, boycott, well, not boycott it, but I had to step away from it at one point just because it was it was eating way too much of my time. But um, uh, and then I switched to Mac, which kind of forced me to you know not yeah, play that, it. At the, at the time, that was a that at was a time, no turning back seemed, situation. That seemed like a smart move. And then of course yeah. Valve, you know, come and bring Steam to the Mac, and actually, uh, Team Fortress Two runs runs beautifully on on my Mac and. Uh, I love that you know it's all one big universe. You know, PC and, and Mac players I can, can I love play Mac together. Play, I love playing with Mac people because they're they're usually noobs. I had to go out and buy a new mouse because as much as I love my Magic Mouse for kind of general desktop use, it is not anything like a, an acceptable it's gaming. No, mouse. no good for games. So I went and bought a new a new mouse, which uh, so you don't pinch to zoom when you're playing Sniper. Not much. That <laughs> yeah, seems exactly. like it would be a That's bad like, idea. You're gonna make all kinds of uh, unintentional mistakes. Uh, but no, it's I'm I'm all set to go, and I'm 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 going to try to jump back in. So you have to give me that server info because that that can be my I will new, send it over. I my can make place that to come play. You're, that's going to be your online home. Yeah, and I you know I, mean, I actually haven't I haven't even been in since they did the engineer update. So and oh. I, I engineer is like my second favorite class. So and I'm kind of keen to. It's check a good that out. update that Wrangler, the Wrangler where what, you can what, control so I, the turret. I, I've been completely out of the loop. What did uh, they do? Okay, so there's three things in the engineer update, and and, and we're going to be doing GBTNT later this afternoon, playing the 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 the, the, the TF2 engineer update. Uh, of course, you guys will hear the podcast after that's already happened. But uh, just in case you don't know what the engineer update is, there's three or four new maps, including uh, two new uh, payload maps where you, you know, where you push the card. Right. And they've done all sorts of good stuff with vertical v- verticality in these. And there's a lot of flanking and all sorts of other just general awesome stuff. Okay. Uh, there's a PLR map, which is a payload race map, where each side has a cart. And each side is trying to push it to the goal. And the you know, map is, of course, a mirror image. So you have uh, basically the, the carts cross in the middle. And each team has to attack and defend in order to succeed. It's very intense. Very fun. Really, that's really cool. fantastic map. And then there's a, a CP map that I think is a community map. That's pretty good, too. So what, what were the engineered things that they added? So 
First off, engineer on moment one that you fire up the game can lift up anything that's been built and move it around to another place. Okay. So if you're looking at your turret, you can right click, you pick it up, you get the toolbox, you walk over to where you want to put it, you know, re-rotate it, whatever, set it back down. So there's no more blowing up your shit and then having to rebuild build it again 30 feet further down the lane. That's a big a boost huge for change. Yeah. Huge change. Dispensers and guns moving them Dispensers, around guns, on the fly. teleports, the yep. whole nine yards. So yep. the nice thing is then you can build your stuff in cover and move it out during a lull. Oh, and so get yeah, it out. You, don't, you don't have to worry about having to build it when it's very weak exactly. and in a position where they exactly. can just stop you from building it. So then the other things you got are a uh, wrench that, that makes you bleed. So if you, it's great for spy killing. You know, you, you whack the spy with the wrench and then he's bleeding so you can still see him even if he cloaks. Right. Very good. Uh, there's a shotgun called the Frontier Justice, I believe, that has only three shots. Uh, but when you're, let's see, the way it works is every time your sentry gets a kill, uh, that kind of goes into a bank. And then when the sentry is destroyed, you get a f- critical shot out of that shotgun. Two of two critical shots for every kill, I think, is the ratio. But That's clever. So I like basically, that. I mean, if you survive the turret destruction, then you can go and just whip some ass. Right. Um, until you get killed. Right. And then the third thing is my favorite. It's called the Wrangler. It's a pistol replacement. And basically what it does is lets you it increases the fire rate and missile fire rate of the turret, puts a shield up that that uh, dis, that absorbs 66 percent of the damage coming into the turret and lets you control where it shoots. Even outside of the normal range of the turret. Wow. So you can like take out snipers with the turret. You can you know take out heavies, medics, the whole nine yards. It is awesome. Really, really. It almost. The I mean, has there been any uh, people complaining about how this is almost overpowering engineers? It is because it sounds pretty wildly in- intense. What they added. Well, but the thing is, you think about it. You have the Wrangler out. You can't be hammering on your on your turret. You can't to repair keep it anything, right? So you have to have another engineer there to repair and rearm. Because right. I've run out of ammo using the Wrangler before. Right. I'd never run out of ammo using a turret in, in three years of playing TF2 up until this point. So anyway, that that's the engineer update. Uh, I've been. I got the server running. Uh, as we need more, we'll probably bring more online. I don't know exactly what we're going to do about that now, but it's been full 24-7, so just keep trying if you can't get in. I've said this before about Valve. I believe on, on the PC Gamer podcast, I've, I've, I've made this point before, but I think it bears repeating. I have tremendous uh, admiration for Valve, the way that they continue to evolve TF2, not just for the fact that they do it for free, but the fact, and you know, they, they keep the game fresh. Uh, but just the fact that every you know it's such a delicately balanced game with all those different classes that every time you make even the slightest change to a to a character class, well, yeah. you, run, you run the risk of unbalancing the game. But they keep finding ways to keep the game balanced and improving the strategies without ever knocking really anything out of whack. Well, and the, and the other thing they do is they keep keep it keep it changing enough that even the classes that you may not play that much still uh, you know they'll they'll buff up a class that doesn't have many people playing it. So they pay attention to the analytics of what's going on in the game. So that when they see, oh, nobody's playing scouts, and they give the scout something awesome that's going to drive some people that may not have wanted to play that class before into, into the class. And I, I mean, I think it's really good. It, it, like you said, it keeps the game really fresh, and it's, it's kept it fresh for three years now. I and mean, what's, what's the system? Because it really has been a while since I've played. Is it, what's the system in place for getting these perks? Do you just acquire them over time? or Because they've changed that system a few times. Well, so in the old days, you know, you would get achievements. And you'd get six right. achievements, and you'd get the first thing, and then you'd get another six and get the second and thing. And that just led to achievement farming servers, yeah. which I don't think anyone well, was so, keen on. So that still works. You can still get the achievements and gain the stuff that way. Okay. But there's also this random drop system. So basically, when you join a server... Uh, there's a random thing that rolls that says, oh, okay, you're going to get a drop in, in 40 minutes, right? So you play for 40 minutes, whether it's one session or two or three or whatever. At 40 minutes, you get a random drop. Uh, then that random drop, you can then turn, you, you can use this crafting system 
turn those random drops you collect over time into pretty much whatever you want. So, you know, say you have like a soldier rocket launcher and a soldier, the, the shoes that make you not take damage when you rocket jump, you can turn them into scrap metal and, and then turn the scrap metal into other things. And I mean, there's a whole process. So you can either, right. you can, it's e- relatively easy to build the weapons. It takes like five or six things to build the weapons. So maybe like two play sessions worth of stuff. If you want like the, the novelty hats, which add no kind of benefit, they just look cool. They, they, I think you, it takes like 50 something weapons to melt down to make one hat. Wow. So, you know, it's, it's a, there's definitely a, a kind of, you know, it's almost like an MMO style crafting system where the, the prestige things cost a lot, but don't really do anything versus the, you know, they make it relatively easy for anybody who wants to collect all the weapons. To get all right. The weapons. Right. I'm um, looking forward to getting back into it. Yeah. Well, I, I can't wait to play again. So, uh, uh Anyway, so that's uh, that's Team Fortress. I've also been testing some headsets. We'll have more on that in the site not not too long, um, because you know it's it's difficult to play PC games without a good gaming headset. Do you agree or disagree? Um, I, I I don't necessarily disagree. I just haven't really had that experience um, of having to use a headset. I've always just had the sound, you know, coming free and raw and oh, naked you're that speaker guy. Spe- I'm a regular speaker guy. So that means that you're the guy that whenever you talk, we can hear everybody shooting in the background. Well, no, because, you know, the microphones generally have the, the ambient, you know, the background noise cancellation. I, I've never had, had anyone complain about it. What I find weird is like, because again, I don't have a lot of experience with this. Where you, when you're playing a game that has the regular game sound and team chat, whatever, yes. how do you differentiate that in the sound? Is there a, a, a way that it mixes it differently so that you can... If people are talking to me and there's explosions going on, can I hear all? Is that all clear? In the headset? Distinct in my cans? Yeah. Yeah. So usually when you, like in, in source games, which is what I play most of my multiplayer in, it seems, uh, there's a separate volume for game noise, game music, and voice. So what you do is you kind of adjust the levels until you get okay. the game noise at a volume that's right. And the, you know, or if you use Skype or something like that, you can do the same thing in uh, Windows. Or, now, so or are, you a head, are you a headset gamer because you want to be, if you're playing late, you want to be considerate to other people or just because you like the sound in your ears like that? Um, I'm a headset gamer because, yeah, my, my computer is in the room directly adjoining my bedroom. So my wife goes to bed at like 930 and then I go play games. So if right. I have the 5.1s cranked, then bad things are going to happen to me. But uh, but yeah, the the I, I like the I like the headset. I like to be able to hear well when when people are talking. I, I mean, I I play socially, so I'm I'm talking to people, having a good time. You know, maybe on Skype with some other people while I'm while I'm playing the game. I would like to get a decent. You'll have after this, unless we're going to get into it on the podcast. I want to. I'll get a recommendation from you for a good a good gaming headset. Okay. Yeah. I I, I haven't come to the final conclusion about what I think is the best yet, but I have a couple of couple of things that I really do like quite a bit. And I mean, I've been using. I don't think it's any secret that I've been using a pair of Astro A40s at home for a long time. And are these generally USB or regular kind of sound and microphone jacks? Well, so that, that's the trick. Um, generally, what I, I like to do is use a USB dongle with a pair of normal headphones. So, uh, you know, like a Plantronics makes a really good one that's just a, it's just a little box with a USB port and then a mic and a headphone jack on right, one end. Right, right. Um, I mean, then you don't have the kind of, I've always had problems getting microphones to work with Sound Blaster cards for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, you can also, I mean, lots of car, like the uh, Razer makes a headset called the Megadalon that it has all this weird 7.1 stuff that doesn't work very well. But when you put it in 2.1 mode, it's quite a nice headset. Okay. Um, it's a pure USB device. So you just plug it in. There's a volume knob and all that stuff. On right. It, so, uh, anyway, we'll, we'll have more on that. We have, I think five or six different headsets here, including some Xbox one, you know, ones that exclusively work on the Xbox some PC headsets, all sorts of different stuff. So, uh, stay tuned and we will have more of that next week. Thank you. 
Well, you want to talk about some news, Gary? Sure, why not? What's happening in the news, Will? Well, uh, let's start with the with the little stuff first, and then get to the get to the the, the big controversy toward the end of the show. Uh, this week, Microsoft, much to my chagrin, canceled One Versus One Hundred. It was much to my chagrin also, because I, I enjoyed that game immensely. It was yeah, a lot of fun. We played. It was fun, yeah. It was innovative. It was, you know, there was nothing else like it out there. So, so for the people who don't know what it is, can you give a brief description? I mean, it was a totally unique experience. It, was a, in well, my, it, it in originally my... began live. It was a short-lived TV game show. Yes, and I guess Bob it, Saget, I think, right? Someone, NBC, whatever. Yeah. It, it didn't last very long. But then they discovered that the concept was actually better suited for, you know, kind of an interactive format where they perfect for a video game you you said you know it was a it was a game show that everyone got to play and it was trivia questions and you know you 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 hit the the multiple choice and you acquired points as you went on and it was you were either in the crowd which is just you know people playing for fun or you got to be one of the 100 or the one yeah and you know basically so you'd be the one i'd be one of the 100 every time someone got a question wrong one of the one of those 100 people would get knocked out right and the more people you as the one knock out the more Points and points. prizes, and, and you could actually win Xbox real, Live real prizes and games. I believe there was like a there was a, a car at one point that they said. You Holy could cow! Win. I, I didn't know that, but I mean, basically, they like even if you were just in the mob, you would get an Xbox Live arcade game if you made it to the end of a round or whatever. And what was fun about it was the idea that it was truly live. There was a live host. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like a canned guy. It was a real guy in a studio watching what was happening in the game. And saying, hey, this guy's doing really well. And they would have studio guests would come in and talk to them. Yeah, and Jimmy Fallon was on. Yeah, and you felt like you were participating in a live TV event. It felt very like, oh, this is the future of well, entertainment. And there were twenty or 30,000 people logged in at any given time. Right? Yes. I mean, it was, it was like when you got into the mob, I think I got into the mob once. It was really kind of a cool thing because I was like, wow, like there's all these people watching me. It was an avatar game. So my little dude was there shaking his arms. Yeah. You know? It was a lot of fun, but they killed it. So I don't know why. All I saw was the headline. I'm guessing, obviously, for some reason, the financial didn't add up. It I would was guess supposed to be ad supported, sponsor, yeah. and you know they had some dummy ads, uh, but it seemed like it was always like the first, you know, couple of trial sponsor ads that kept coming back up. I guess they had they had a hard they had time. Some selling sprint ads and a car ad at sponsorship. There was yeah. Bing, you know, which obviously is just internal Microsoft. But you know they had a, a, a beta, and a, they they did one full season, and uh, I was actually quite surprised to see it's not coming back because I thought it was one of those. Things that Xbox was able to say, look, look what we do that is innovative and different that you can't get on, you know, PlayStation or whatever. But you know, presumably, just economically, it wasn't making sense well, to them. I mean, and the thing, the other thing about it is, it was a, one of those things. It was free if you were an Xbox Live Gold subscriber. Yes. So it made me feel good about p- paying for Xbox Live Gold, even right. though I find myself rarely playing multiplayer Xbox games. These right. Days. Right. So um, anyway, I mean, it's gone. Maybe it'll come back. It's unclear. Uh, the, the I don't think Microsoft actually gave. Um, gave excuses. Although the Kotaku post does say that there were some uh, management issues. Uh, basically, you know, they were planning on it being like the first of many games that were that similar mold, and and it kind of didn't pan out. I think the cost of actually running, I think they actually had a, a three man writing team writing questions. And yeah, I mean, it was quite a high maintenance enterprise. I think I, I remember seeing a major Nelson did like a little behind the scenes on it, and it was a big deal. It's like running a real you know live TV show. Yeah, I mean, and, and I would guess that the ultimate reason is that it wasn't making as much money as it was costing. Right. That's the way. That's, that's, that's what the way always these things come, always. When work. you're running a business, that's what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah. So um, we'll see if anything more comes of it. I, I'd kind of hope that it would. I thought it was a really innovative and neat thing, but you know, like. Man, man's got to get paid. Absolutely. Other things, Android market this week, 
How many apps would you think are in the Android market, Gary? Well, I know the answer, but I'm going to try because I was the one that gave that, you the that story. That is true. You're the one who told I'm me gonna, the story. I'm going to pretend that I don't and, and, and try to take a guess. I don't know. I don't even know how many are in the Apple Store right now, but I, I would I would say in the region of you know they could be up to like fifty thousand apps. You're halfway there. Really? It's more than that. It's a hundred thousand. So they just passed the hundred thousand yes. mile, yes. hundred thousand app milestone. So you don't. You're an you're an Apple guy. So you you have some kind of casual experience with the Android. You've looked like looked at a Android. I've in you know pocket. I've friends and relatives who have who have Android phones. I've picked them up and played with them. I've I've played with them at the you know the Verizon okay. kiosk. I've played okay. with the Droid. I've played with the Incredible. I've played with the Evo. Okay, that's my experience that's with like. Oh, and kiosk. I played with the G1 when it first came out, yeah, but, but no one really thinks count. about that anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've had my experience with but, but minor experience with Android. You haven't tried. I mean, so so I've used I haven't it. like gone onto the Android market and bought apps and played okay. around with apps. So the the Android market, it's interesting that they're past a hundred thousand apps. Uh, I mean, the Froyo update, which just came out a couple weeks ago, or I guess last week now, uh, basically fixed a lot of the app problems that I had with with Android. In that, you know, previously when you had updates, you know how you go in your iPhone, you hit the update all button, it just downloads all twelve apps that you need to get updated or whatever. Uh, you, you used to have to do each one manually in the Android marketplace, oh, yeah. which is a real drag. The, the, so they fixed that, which is a huge thing. But the, the big problem I have with Android at this point in the app front now is it seems like none of those guys are willing to build apps or willing to charge for apps. So everything has these annoying ads and it's all ads. I mean, I, I'm perfectly willing to pay two bucks to some dude not to be bothered by ads if it's an app that I use all the time. You know, my Twitter client or Facebook app, or I mean, you you feel the same way, or are yeah, you, uh, ab- yeah, all absolutely. about free ad supported. No, I mean, you know, on a, you know, obviously, what what's going on in the mobile ad space right now is they're trying to come up with a middle ground as well, which is cheap and cheap and or not free, but right. also ad supported as right. well. And they're trying to find kind of a happy medium, find a model that works. Right. So, so I'm I'm hoping that you know, as obviously there's some momentum behind Android Marketplace if they're looking at a hundred thousand apps. There's a boatload of Android phones. It seems like Froyo is the standard for the next nine months or a year at least. So we'll move away from this bad fragmentation situation in Android where, you know, you could, if you went out and bought a Droid Aris, you could get a phone running Android 1.6. Or if you bought the Droid, you could get a 2.1 phone. And, and you know, the Nexus has 2.2 now. It's coming to Droid relatively soon, I would think, because, you know, there's, there's not really a whole lot to port there. And then to the HTC phones later this fall. Let's, let's try and put this in, in perspective. 100,000 sounds like a lot. Is that, is that, is that good? Is that something that the Android owners should be happy about? There's now I, I would be apps? happy about. I mean, if you look at it compared to the next nearest phone competitor down, is is probably the Palm Store, and that's a tiny like fourteen thousand apps. Yeah, right. fifteen thousand apps. I'm I'm and what's Apple? Um, I'm looking it up right now. Apple is some insane number. Uh, iPhone apps. So let's just say you know there's obviously I would guess in the vicinity of half million plus iPhone apps because there's already more than ten thousand iPad apps. Right. And you would, yeah, I, so here's what's interesting to me is the difference between the Android market and the, the, the Apple App Store is fascism you know, <laughs> is the big difference, I think. <laughs> freedom versus yeah, fascism. Yeah, freedom versus fascism. Anything, I, find, I find it's interesting, you know, it, 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 the, uh, Droid. Um, droid or Android? Let's well, get it right. I'm, I'm going to say in particular Droid because I think Motorola does this. Well, Verizon is Droid. Or Verizon. Yeah, what, yeah okay. Um, is that everything now is a subtle knock at Apple. Have you noticed that? Like the, their big catchphrase is. Something along the lines of when there's no limit to what you can get, there's no limit to what you can do, which is obviously meant obviously it's meant to be some thing. reference to yeah. the fact that their store is open yeah. and benevolent dictator versus, uh, you know, uh, 
free. Yeah, freedom. so it's so you know, it's people can just put up whatever they want. It's a yes. completely open market, and that's that's cool. Uh, and also, the other thing I really like about the Android market is that you have a window to get a refund if you don't like an app that you download. Also, very good. That's an awesome feature. It yeah. also kind of, it was, but also it kind of seems like you need that because if anyone can just put up anything, if there's no quality control at all, like Apple at least looks at all the apps and says, "Well, this one is useless, and we're not going to waste anyone's time." No, with they it. don't do that though, because there's shit like the 3G Wi-Fi, 3G signal booster in the App Store right That's now. That's true. There is there is still stuff I mean, that gets through, like and, and, and you know, there's obviously a thousand fart apps and things that well, are just fart nonsense. apps aren't completely useless. At least they do <laughs> what they say. I mean, it makes fart noises. That's what but, you expect. But given that there's no safety net at all between something being created and being made available for sale, it seems like there's, it's more necessary. To have some kind of refund system well, in place. I, I think in Android, when you see a certain negative, certain number of negative, uh, not just ne- not negative reviews, but actually reports, abuse reports or whatever, then it does it is removed. And they do programmatic checking on the apps to make sure that they don't do things they're not supposed to do. Because you know, when you install an app from Android, it says there's a screen that describes exactly what that app is going to do. It says, oh. This app has permission to check your contacts and access the internet. So it's like an automated. It's an automated check kind of. That does it's, that. It's a, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Um, so anyway, that that's that's Android Market. I I think that's good. I mean, if I was I, an I'm Android trying to user, figure out is, really is that so good growth? Like, should we be happy about that? I, I think that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I'm. I think a hundred thousand apps on on a platform that's been around in a, essentially for you know since since the Droid came out in November is is I mean. Obviously, the G1 and the Hero and those phones were out before. Sorry, the Magic were out before. But, I mean, in reality, that platform wasn't consumer-ready until the Droid Because let's out. be honest, the apps apps are the ball game now, right? I mean, it was only when they added the App Store that the iPhone really took off. You know, the Kin well, didn't run apps, and that was a major problem. And if you don't... The apps element of a phone now is really what turns it into that whole kind of digital Swiss Army knife, right? You know, that, that's a good question. If you're listening to this podcast, post... And, and you're a smartphone user, post and let us know... Uh, you know, post a comment. And let us know whether you're whether you use apps or not. Because I know people who use their smartphone and, and aren't app users, so they're just they're just there solely for email, web access, maybe Twitter, right? Facebook, that kind of stuff. But they're I'm, not, I'm not like an not app like or I'm like checking for the latest apps every week, and I've got like ten pages See, of I folders full of apps. I can't, I can't apps. help myself. But I have you know probably a dozen apps that I use quite regularly. You're an app fiend. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. No, that, that, I don't think I am an app fiend. I'm not voraciously checking the app store every day to see what's new. But uh, I, I, I like, you know, I've I got a handful that. of games and a handful of, you know, apps for actual yeah, yeah. useful things that I that I use fairly. When regularly. you get tired of a game, you go get a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, more interesting news: uh, Chuck Schumer, who I believe is a senator of the United States of America, wrote an open letter to Steve Jobs of the App Store asking him to be less of a dick, basically. Uh, do, you, do you have the the scoop here, Gary? Or uh... I, I, you know, this is, I guess, going to lead us into the, you know, the the real meat of today's podcast, which is the whole iPhone four unfolding uh, soap opera. Yes. But uh, as one one adjunct of that, yes, yeah, Senator Chuck Schumer apparently sent some kind of open letter to uh, to Steve Jobs. Uh, but I don't think you send open letters; you just post them. Right? You, yeah, you just you just post them for anyone to see. It seems like you just emailed him. That seems like the best way to get to Steve. Like he he might actually reply to you if you just emailed again. Well, as, as long as your email at the bottom says "sent from my iPad." Only then will only he. Then. Only yeah, then will the you, know, you could just write that though. You know, there's no that's true real verification. You could send it from your Android phone or your uh, Windows PC or whatever, and just stick sent from my iPad at the bottom. There's no verification. But yeah, so I guess I kind of feel like you know not to not to downplay the the iPhone issue because it seems like it is a real issue. But I don't know. Aren't we fighting two wars? Like, aren't there real 
Uh, you mean you, minor, you think minor irritations with luxury products really what the U.S. Senate needs to be spending its time on? So you're saying between, let's see, Afghanistan, Iraq, BP, the uh, Which might the actually end crisis. the entire world. Yes, yes, the economy in, in meltdown. Yes. You think that, that this is a trivial thing for I think the United there's States Senate only a, There's only 100 U.S. senators, you know, and you know, I like to think that they, you know, you've you got to take that job seriously. I like to think that they, they carefully partition their day and prioritize the most important things and sending letters to Steve Jobs. To me, it just seems like he knows it's in the headlines. It, he knows it's a trendy it's story. Pandering. Yeah, it was just a way to get his name out there. I mean, however, you know, you, the United States Senate has a long history of, of stepping into these types of things, right? I mean, baseball scandals, steroids, football if it's, I mean, strikes, if it's something, if it's something like air airplane, traffic control. Well, that's the thing. If it's like plane, <laughs> airplanes are dropping out of the sky, that's, that's not true. quite the same as me dropping a couple of bars when my hands know, are man. sweaty. When you're looking at the third most, uh, third most highly valued company in the world, though, it suddenly becomes more important. It's not like we're talking about Microsoft here. He's, this he's is Apple. elbowing his way into Apple. the spotlight of the day. That's true. And like, like any, like any rep- he, he just wants a free would. bumper for his iPhone. And he wants a free That's bumper. What I think. He That's wants what a I free think. bumper. Okay, so, so we've opened the door. Pandora's box is open. If you don't want to hear anything about Apple, this is the time to sign off. What's, 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 what's the secret press conference tomorrow going to be about? You know, I feel just. I just want to say, I feel like anytime anything happens in the Apple world, yes, that you're like Commissioner Gordon. You send out like the Apple logo bat signal that I can see from anywhere in the city. So you're saying, and, I, and I'm instantly on the rooftop, you know, asking you what you need me well, for. I mean, Gary, I, I stopped introducing you about this because I think I was you were a little sensitive about it. But I mean, you are the biggest Apple fanboy I know. In well, addition to Apple, all the other, I th- I think all the other superlatives, I think there's between fan and and fanboy. I have I have been accused uh, over the over the the last few years of being a, my an open Apple. letter about stopping playing PC games. I remember that one. Oh, I'm switching God. to Mac. I know. I mean, I did I did right. make kind of a song and dance about yes, it. Um, yes. But um, yeah, I guess I am. The I, I resident, love you for it. I'm the resident Apple guy, I suppose, and. Um, I'm I'm happy to be here to talk about because this is I mean this is a big story. They in, have in fucked the this Apple up one. beyond all recognition. Let's I mean, talk about it. So, basic story is everybody knows the death grip. You hold the phone in your left hand. Basically, I mean I can lay in my bed at my house where I have no signal. Basically, I can hold the phone flat in my hand, dial, make a phone call, successfully completes. I can talk to people. I hold it in my left hand, pick it up to my ear. It never will connect. Right, same exact spot. The only thing that changes is the way I hold my phone, whether it's whether I'm shorting out the two corners on the on the thing or not, I I bought an Incipio feather case that solved my problem. I'm gonna look at that later. It's very nice. I like it. Um, so the problem really isn't that it does this; it's that Apple has handled it first by telling us we were holding the phone wrong, right? Right. And then they said that it wasn't actually a problem with the tech with the hardware. It was a problem with the way the bars were being reported. Which we all knew was... Which is the biggest bu- load of horse shit. I don't know why they year. thought anybody would fall for that. Right. It's because they think we're retarded. And so let's, let's do a quick... Like, let's just kind of flesh out this timeline a little bit. So some people... And this is, this is the thing, because the, the, the crux of the matter for me is the fact that whether or not this is a big problem, by a major problem, I mean a lot of people are affected, because we don't really know how many people are affected. We certainly know many are. Right. But whether it's 10% or 50%, we don't... There are no... thousands of YouTube videos about this. Okay, so there's clearly many people right. affected. It's not a small problem. Um, but regardless of the size of the actual problem, the real problem for Apple has become a perception a PR issue now, because right. they have mishandled this from the beginning. Right. They've done a union carbide here, so except for they haven't killed anybody So yet. first of all, again, as much as I, I admire Steve Jobs... Yes. Somebody needs to take his keyboard away from him sometimes. He shouldn't, he shouldn't be allowed to respond. You to cannot uh, and should not 
be emailing, just, just firing off glib email. I can fire off a glib email to somebody because nobody cares what I say. Right. If well, I, I were care. the CEO of one of the top companies in the world, I should be smart enough to know that people are going to look at that email and it's going to be every on every tech yes. blog first thing in the morning. Yes. So when somebody emails and says, when I hold the phone a certain way, my, my phone stops working. And he says, well, just don't hold the phone that way. <laughs> and then, you know, you, you, here's the thing. You, as many people have pointed out, you cannot show, you cannot put out every single picture of the iPhone and every ad and every commercial, every marketing piece that you have showing the, the phone being held a certain way. Right. And then tell people not to hold the phone right. that way. Right. So I that mean, was ridiculous. It's, you got to use a dainty two finger approach, Gary. It's a finger and a thumb. That's. So, I mean, I honestly do wonder out. what goes on in the mind. Again, Steve Jobs is obviously a phenomenally smart He's a guy, an guy. incredible grasp of, of the technology market. But but then how do you be that smart and then do something as dumb as firing off an email like that without realizing that it's going to create a PR shitstorm? So there's that. Weed. There's I don't that. Know, weed. And then they think, oh, this is not a problem. And I think this is something. I think there is an endemic arrogance at apple that makes them think they can just roll right through this and you know nothing well they really have i mean in the past through all and many, the, through and all they the have weathered many up. of these yeah, in the, the past the backlight on the macbook the overheating the batteries exploding all these problems but they've, they've never kind of dealt through. with a problem on a on a product that is as mainstream as the phone well and that's actually not a defect that it's actually it seems to happen on all of the phones or right. a very significant majority. For, I mean, again, for the record, I have not been able to make this happen on mine. I'll, try, I, I'll try it with Yeah, my we'll give it a try. You've got yeah. sweatier hands than I'm me, a, I think. I'm a naturally well, sweaty guy. But clearly, you know, it's it's one thing for people to say, well, I don't have a problem. All that really matters is if other people are, then it's then it's an issue. So, again, let's look at how they've 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 fucked up this, this PR issue. So the don't hold it that way, obviously, is just a joke. Literally a joke. Ridiculous, yes. Um, and then they, so then they, they, they realize the problem's not going away. In fact, Jobs' emails only made it worse. And, <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's a, now it's a meme. Now people are, you know, posting all kinds of jokes about it on the internet. Now anytime getting, something doesn't work, the first response is, oh, you're holding it the wrong so way. So now there's an official response from Apple saying, oh, it's not that you're holding it wrong. It's just that there's no real, you think there's a, you know, we've always been at war with Eurasia. Yeah. You know, it's it, then that, it turns, that is exactly now, it. Now yeah. it turns into into something. Kind of, it turns out quite ironically Orwellian, considering that 984 was like their big, you know, PR campaign. Well, and then, then the real irony is, of course, that the phone has been showing too many bars since AT and T was running campaigns that said more bars in more places. Right. I mean, let's think about that for a minute. The reason why they have more bars is because they've been faking the bars, right? Because I mean, they just show five bars, whether it's three, that's, five, that's seven. That's a 12. problem in and of itself, and then. The other issue, the, the the bigger issue, is the fact that it, it it doesn't actually address the problem. It's one thing to say, well, the bars are not calculated properly, right. but that doesn't. The software if update I, if doesn't I'm actually fix the dropping calls. What does bars have to do with it? Right. I don't care about bars. I want my calls to connect. Right. I want so my phone to be a good they, phone. They again, they tried to get around. They tried to you know somehow hoodwink people and pretend that the problem wasn't what it was, and nobody fell for it. And then the big watershed moment, clearly the thing that has now brought forced them to respond in a serious way, was the Consumer Reports uh, report. Yeah. Where Consumer Reports went from their initial review of the phone was very glowing. This is a good phone. They gave it a top, yes. top score. Um, and then went back, you know, in, in, the, in the face of all this contra- controversy. Said, well, we might Ran more tests and actually put a very damning don't buy sticker on the yeah. phone, which again, Consumer Reports, they, you know, their integrity is beyond they reproach. Weight. They have a huge brand name. Next thing you know, it's on the front page of CNN. You've got, you've got news stories all over the world of people with putting duct tape on their phones. And this is suddenly a global embarrassment for Apple. Oh, of course. I mean, and are, really, it's the first massive PR debacle they've had 
in this Jobsian era, the second Jobsian era. And I think that what it shows is it pretty much consistently through the Jobsian era, you know, beyond the trolls and the, and the haters and people that are just always hate Apple because they are very popular and are very Fuck trendy. Apple, man. Fuck those Apple. Those guys, yeah, those people are always going to be there. But for the most part, the mainstream media and the public at large has been very pro-Apple. And they've always had the luxury well, forgiving of... forgiving even. For, yeah, I mean, ex- exactly. They're, you know, people that are actually kind of active apologists for Apple. I mean, but I'm not even talking about the fanboys. I'm talking about just normal people who buy Apple stuff because they don't want to be hassled by, by you know, the load of crap that comes on every Sony laptop you buy. You know, the 15 versions of antivirus software yes. and the, all the stuff that at the you end, don't at the, need. At the end of the day, in the aggregate, the amount of shit you have to put up with from an Apple product is probably overall less than many other products lower, you can yeah. buy. I mean, so when I something does stuff. come along, people just go, well, you know, nothing's perfect. Right. But what I think this has really shown is that as a result of that, Apple's PR department is just so used to like not having too many calls to return from people <laughs> that want to kiss their ass that when their backs are actually really to the wall and the press turns against them, they have no idea how to handle it. They have no, no experience in crisis PR management. Well, I mean, this reflects the App Store thing, too, because, I mean, the, the, the consistent lack of transparency about how they manage the App Store process, the, the applications, the app submission process and all that is, is also indicative of this. The, the reason it's not been a huge controversy is simply that most people don't know or care what that is. The, the thing with the, with the bars on the iPhone 4, anybody who has an iPhone 4 almost can replicate this if you, do it the, if you hold it the right way. I, I, want, I, way. I do want to, without wanting to sound like an apologist, because I'm sure some people will think that I will, I guarantee you this, that no matter how big the problem is, it's, it's doubled in the media. I'm not saying it's a small problem. It, it very well is a big problem. No but however big it is... The media is exaggerating it right now. The same way they exaggerated Toyota, and now everyone's looking embarrassed about Toyota because it's just it's just well, been the, revealed the, that that was all bullshit. Well, now people died in the Toyota thing. A few people died. Some people did, but they but it turned out that a lot of it was much more of it was driver error than than Toyota's fault. Oh, almost certainly. And what we saw was the media loves scare stories and they love sensationalism well, no i mean cosmopolitan doesn't tell you the 10 ways that you're not going to die on the right cover, exactly right i mean and this is you know i when i when i first got into journalism many years ago i learned about tall poppy syndrome which is you build something up so that you can then chop it down right. again the, higher the media the stock, has been building apple up for years and this is the inevitable result we'll see what happens i mean i'll, I'll be really interested what, what do you think uh well oh, hold on one more thing what do you think about the gizmodo rumor that there's actually a, a stealth hardware revision in the iPhone 4 that's fixing the problem. That's the first time I've heard of it. I don't read Gizmodo anymore because I think oh, that's right. the, the, the journalistic yeah, yeah. standards are, con- are beneath contempt. But, um, yeah, I mean, it seems like there may be... I mean, look, look we're going to know a lot more in 24 Tomorrow hours. Tomorrow morning, yeah. But, it's you know, of course, now it's fun to speculate about it. Yeah, what are the, what, what's, what, what are, what's your three things that Jobs is going to say tomorrow? Um, I think he's going to, I think he's going to start off doing, well, first of all, let's talk about that stealth hardware revision. Okay. Um, I think there could be something to that. It seems like a smart thing to do. A lot of antenna experts and software people are saying you cannot, if this problem is what people say it is, you can't fix it with software. You've got to put something physically over and that could just be like a non-conductive coding or a different kind of metal, whatever it is, they've got to do something in hardware. Something has to change physically. Okay. So, um, you know, you can look at, you can point to a lot of anecdotal evidence. Like if you go to the Apple store today and try to buy an iPhone, the wait time has got quite a bit longer, it's which could suggest up. that, you know, phones are, you know, being remanufactured or something. Right. But this, again, this is all completely anecdotal. 
Um, here's my guess. Here's what I think they will will say and probably should say tomorrow. Official Gary Witta well, there's two, the, look, estimate of what he says. To, what, 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 this is, three things. What, what's Jobs going to say? I think he's going to recap all the things that are great about the fund. That is no doubt at all in my Because that's how they always that. start yes. out, right? They remind sold, everyone that everything's fantastic. This is the fastest selling consumer electronics product in history. Look We've at these quotes. 45 million apps. Walt Mossberg fellated his iPhone on camera. Look at these quotes. Look at right. these numbers. Look yes. at the press. Look at all this these people awesome cr- for hugging their reasons. iPhones. Yes. And then You're I think absolutely correct. There's gonna ha- he, there's gonna have to be. I think he's gonna tone down the raw raw some though. I think he will. I think it will be. I think this will be, be understated. This won't be like a typical Jobs note. This they, will they're be, gonna lead with Nora Jones. There's not gonna be any Rolling Stones. You got to be a little bit in. humble. Yeah. Um, and again, I think no matter how much Jobs may believe, no matter what their internal information tells them about how real the problem really is. Yes. They have even if they were convinced there's no problem. That this is a media illusion. They are beyond the point now of toughing this out and denying it. Because, again, the, the perception is that Apple is arrogant, yes. and denying this only feeds into that. I think they're going to bring some expert on stage to debunk. Oh, yeah? That's a good idea. I think, I think that they're going to bring on some incredible nerd with antenna stuff and be like, look, here's why this is wrong. You know, we, can, we understand but they're how they're going to do it in layman's terms gonna that do, people can understand. Super, make it super accessible. Here's my guess. I think that... Uh, they're gonna they're gonna say, and this is the, to- the the line that they'll take. You know, we've identified that there is a minor minor problem with the antenna that affects a small number uh, of users. But because we're Apple, yes, even only a small number of people that are not entirely satisfied. That's not good enough for us. Right. So we are voluntarily going to do the following, and I think it could be anything between free bumpers, which I think is not the way to go. Um, right. I don't want a bumper. People won't be satisfied. Bumper with that. doesn't make me happy. It feels like it feels like a shitty cheap. Work stopgap fix, not a real fix. I, I don't. I think the bumper is a terrible case. Here's what I think they're going to say. I think there's a very minor revision they're going to do. Anything from like some kind of clear coat uh, on the bezel that pre- that prevents the two antennas from I being connected. I think that's possible. Or something internal, a, mi- a widget, something they're going to add. Some minor, re- basically, a, some kind of minor shunt, revision to the hardware perhaps. design. If you want to, re- if you want a new phone, bring it in. We'll replace it in store. It's all good. Um, and maybe we'll give you a gift card or something as well. And we're, you know, we, we're I, sorry I think, that a small number of users have been affected. I think I'm not saying that's, I'm saying that's the PR line they will take. Oh, I, I think, I, th- I mean, I think, I think you're absolutely right on the PR line. I think they're going to let anybody who wants to return it, return it with no restocking. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, certainly no restocking. Of, right, right. I think they're going to, uh, I think they'll give a, uh, either, either they'll hand out new phones. They'll let you swap your phone out. I think they'll let you swap your phone out. And I think what they'll probably do it, not that many people will really care about this, but in order to make this viable, I think what they'll do is take the returned phones. Well, and re, re, yeah, re, tweak them and, so that they yeah. have the new coding or whatever, yeah, and then re, and sell them as refurbs. Yeah, exactly. So that this thing doesn't have to cost them billions exactly. of dollars. So I, I think we're on the same page. The only other thing I think, I think that the, instead of Steve on the stage tomorrow, Boba Fett and Darth Vader. That I would think, definitely distract I think people, a lot of people. They're going to open the doors. The people are going to be forced in, and all of a sudden... You know, Han Solo, uh, you know, it's a but, cloud city uh, but, but all but over again. But we're saying that anything less than some kind of hardware tweak, we don't think that's really likely. There has to be, there has to be some mea culpa, and, and that has to be, yes, we made a mistake with hardware. We've identified the problem when we fixed it. it even if they lie and say they had only affected a small number of users, they have to say that they have something wrong with this. And device. then do you, do you think that, makes the problem go away do you think does that redeem that makes me much less pissed off about the problem makes me less likely to return the phone i mean i'm on the cusp of returning 
Are you really? Yeah, I, the 401 update is. Well, I don't. The thing is, I don't. I, I have not even been able to have this problem on my. I've you know I've tried. I've been gripping you, you it. You live in, my in a good grip, service and, area, though. But I'm still going to return it because why not get the one that yeah, you know the one that has it in your pocket for a month. Yeah, why not? And plus, I've got a little dot on mine that you know I'd rather get a, a, sh- yeah. a shiny a shiny exactly. new one. But but yeah, but I think the the free bumper scenario is not valid. I don't think it's a, a software update is not valid. I think just toughing it out. I, I At this mean, point, is there's no way they can continue. Honestly, on that though, they should give away free bumpers because thirty dollars for those bumpers is insane. But you, but you'd, only, but you'd only be giving away the free bumper as just a freebie because if you're going to fix the phone, there's no point giving away a bumper as well, well as, as an additional. I, I think I think it's either they give away free bumpers or they admit that there's a fixed phone. Right. I don't think there's both. No, but but I, what I'm saying is I don't think the bumper thing is that I don't think that's a grown up solution. The to bumper this solution is not an because here's the approach. thing: people there are going to be plenty of people who will say, that doesn't satisfy me. I don't want a bumper. Part of the reason why I bought this phone is because of this beautiful form it's factor you sold yeah, me on. Exactly. And now you're telling me i got to put a rubber band over it. Right. And, and you're admitting that there's a real problem and you don't have a real fix. So that's, does, I, that would not... It doesn't, I don't think that would play that well. That doesn't satisfy me. That would not play well. I'm going to write angry letters if that, that's what they do. What do you think Toys. the fix... Do you think the fix is something as simple as like a little invisible clear coat thing that a, they put over it? I think it's a non coating over the antenna. Yeah. yeah. Or, or some sort of internal shunt that you know, uh, provides a less conductive way. I don't know. What's going to be, what's going to be, what's going to be, what's more interesting to me than that, the technical specifics of that, although that is interesting for me is going to be more in terms of Apple's image is the way they, you know, I'm sure that right now, you know, jobs and a bunch of writers and PR people are going over the exact word for word, the tone to take here with his, his his Toby Ziegler and, you know, his people are going to be there saying, don't say that word. It won't. That's not focus tested. Whatever. You've got to take the exact right tone between of seeming contrite, but not too contrite. Like you really fucked up. Right. Yeah. I mean, you have to be confident. Yet we're, we we don't want people to be unhappy. That's, that's, the, that's thing. the line. You've got to make it sound like, even though it's actually only a minor problem that the media is. You don't. Right. You don't want to make it. You don't want to make it sound like you're railing against the media. But you basically want to say, even though this is only a minor problem. We're really going out of our way to fix this because we're customer Apple. satisfaction yeah. is our big exactly. thing. Right. Exactly. Let's do a couple of reader questions and call it a show, Gary. What do you say? Why not? Uh, I'm going to the podcast questions folder. If you have a question for us, you can email us at podcastattested.com. Uh, please try to keep them relatively short. Tell, tell us where you're from. Give us a little color. Give us something to to sink our teeth into with these questions, not just some technical nonsense. Give us something interesting. And uh, we'll read them on the question if we think it's interesting. Here is the first question. I only have about 10 minutes of battery left, so we got to be really quick. Hey, Tested, I will be attending college in the coming months, and I'm getting looking to get a new PC laptop. I need a fairly powerful machine. It will be used for a multitude of different things, but primarily Photoshop projects. I have a $2,000 budget. Any suggestions, Will or Norm? Or Gary. Thanks, Jim. Um, I, I, you know, here's the thing. If you have money to buy a real laptop, what I always tell people is go get the biggest processor, biggest memory, biggest battery, biggest screen you can get in the small business section at HP, Dell, or Lenovo. I find it impossible to give recommendations based on that little information. Cause like, do you, again, do you want it to be like, he left a bunch of stuff out there. Does he like, want do a gaming want, laptop? Do you want it to be portable? Do you, do you want right. a big screen? Like it's, it's so hard to, to say. I mean, if you want portable 15 inches is I think the biggest you can carry on a daily basis. Uh, I, I mean, I carry a 13 inch laptop. I, I quite like that. Uh, I mean, the trick is stay away from the stuff you buy at Best Buy. 
uh, buy out of the business section because those laptops are sturdy. Well, where would, where, Usually where, where would you send somebody who wants to walk into a retail store to buy a PC? I, I don't. I tell them to go order everything online. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, if I, if, when I'm buying PC laptops for myself, I always buy Lenovo. I haven't tested one in a while. If you want something that's a workhorse, the T-Series is pretty good. Uh, the Ws are, are their workstation line. They're overkill and they're really huge. But the T-Series is like a good business class 15-inch laptop. They don't have dedicated graphics. Two thousand dollars, unless you're buying a, a Mac, where you know obviously the prices are higher. That's you can get a lot of machine for that. Well, yeah, but I mean, the question is, do you want portability or power? Right? Because right. those are kind of. I mean, you know, you've seen those Alienware laptops that are just you know you may as well be lugging around a Samsonite suitcase. Yeah, exactly. So if you're taking this to class to take notes and stuff, you don't want a 17 inch laptop. You want no. a 15 or 13 at most. Right. I mean, you may actually, if if you want something to take to class, but also want to have a workstation, you may even be better off buying like a cheap netbook to take to class and take notes. And, you know, for $300 or $400 and then, you know, buying a, a, a desktop that you can play games on and have a real processor, have real memory, add hard drives to when you need more space in the whole nine yards. Right. So, um, you know, if, and with $2,000, you can definitely get an awesome desktop machine for $1,200, $1,000. You could buy a laptop and a desktop. Oh, you could buy a laptop and a desktop, basically. Yeah. Uh, next question. This is from Tim. Tim says, Dear Tested, I have an iPhone 2G that is unlocked. I want to upgrade my phone, but still remain on T-Mobile. I've looked at Android a little bit and still have a few questions. Is the Nexus One still the best GSM phone running Android OS? How are the music playback apps for Android compared to the iPod app on iOS? And is there something similar to Genius Playlist functionality on Android? With Gingerbread on its way, will the Nexus One still be supported? I'm concerned about all of the issues with Android Market. Does a program like Double Twist deal with any of that? What do you think is my best option? Thanks, Tim in Boston. It's a very comprehensive question. That is a lot of questions. What is an iPhone 2G? Is, is that like That's your, the OG, the, the, the original, original okay. metal back one, yeah. Um, Did he say why, if he had an iPhone, he now wants an Android phone? Is he not satisfied? Well, he's not? on T-Mobile, okay. I guess. So he kinda, he's kind of stuck. So, he, so, I mean, he could go get a 3GS and uh, that's been unlocked and do that. But then yeah, but you don't want to do It's that. kind of a constant hassle, so I, I'd avoid that. What is the best Android? I mean, um, to, to kind of break it down, what's the best Android phone bottom line on so, the market? So right now, it depends on what you want, right? I mean... The nice thing about Android is there's a ton of variety, so you can get a bunch of different stuff. So what, what is the best Android phone on the market right now? I, the Incredible is the best small screen phone. The Evo 4G is the best big screen phone. Uh, but the Evo 4G is Sprint. The Incredible is Verizon. Neither of those are GSM phones. So what can phones. he get on T-Mobile? He's looking at, at Nexus right now is the best thing out there. I think there's going to be Samsung still phones still holds its own, right, the Nexus one? Yeah, the Nexus is great. It's the Google phone, so it gets updated with new OS updates quick more quickly than anything else. I mean... It, I like the Nexus. Norm likes the Incredible because of the TouchSense UI stuff. I feel like the TouchSense UI, because it's going to cause you to lag on OS updates from Google, is kind of a trap. I, I don't want that, right? I want the latest software from Google the moment it comes out. For me, that means I'm a Nexus One guy. So um, I guess uh, we're almost out of time this week. That wraps it up for questions. Uh, thanks so much for Gary Witta for stepping in for Norm today. It's Happy to always be always a pleasure Thank to have you. you. Thank you for having me. Uh, we will see you guys next week. Uh, this has been This Is Only a Test. If you like us, leave a comment, post a review, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or hunt us for sport. I'm Will Smith. Thanks for listening. You know, I got to run, grab the power brick. I'm afraid I'm going to run out of Okay. Juice.
but you know we we need to actually let's just let's just wrap it up you want to finish that question yeah we're doing a live fucking podcast right it's, it's always like a mistake. More trouble than it's worth. I mean, it worked once really, really well, and then every time since then, it's been a complete disaster. 